0: Okay. <laughs>
1: And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 456. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to Walt Disney World, but I also want to try and bring you some of that Disney magic when you can't get there as often as you'd like With this podcast, videos, blog, live events, newsletter, audio tours, and more, you can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. So last week, I put out the call for questions about a specific topic for the show, and so this week, we're going to answer the questions you asked about the Disney Cruise Line, from planning to embarkation, dining, of course, Castaway Key, Going Solo, Best Itineraries, The New Ships, and much, much more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney Prize Package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming WDW Radio events, including a new one in New York City this fall, meets of the Month, and more. So sit back, relax. And enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show.
2: Secure ship for sea.
1: Make all preparations for getting underway. Aye, aye, sir.
3: All hands to stations. Single up all lines. Cast off board.
0: Avast there.
2: It be too late to alter course, mateys. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove, waiting to
1: board. Sit closer together and keep your ruddy hands inboard. That be the best way to repel boarders. And mark well me words, mateys. Dead men. past week i wanted to try something a little bit different not just to help you plan your upcoming vacation but i really want to continue to get you even more involved in the show because for years i've been taking and with a little help from my friends answering your emails and tweets and comments for more than 10 plus years but this week i actually reached out to you And gave you a specific focus topic and asked you to submit your questions just for this week's show. And so this week, because we are counting down to our e-ticket adventure cruise from New York City to Puerto Rico on the Disney Magic, yes, I'm that excited, And, but wait there's more, our Double Dip Cruise next June on the Dream with not one, but count them two, stops on Castaway Key. For more information, visit www.cruise.com. Your topic was, of course, the Disney Cruise Line. So I asked on Facebook and you answered in spades. So here are 20-ish questions and answers about the Disney Cruise Line. And making her way back once again this week... Fresh off her screen debut in Finding Dory is Becky Mankin from MouseFanTravel.com.
2: You're not going to let that go, are you? That that
1: will, listen, like the character herself, you two are quite the little loon. However, you do know a thing or two about the Disney Cruise Line, and we'll see how quickly the Becky voice comes out when we start talking about concierge level that wow. being said um, I did want <laughs> to go. listen we get questions
0: we get questions right all
1: the time about the yes, cruise line but I reached out this week and I said listen here is what we're gonna I, I sort of for the first time in 11 years I, I tipped my hand as to what this week's show is gonna be about because I wanted people to submit their pressing ongoing unanswered questions about the disney cruise line we have 20 ish so it is sort of 20 questions about the the cruise line i think we should get right into it we becky Mencken, we are going to go quick we are going to get through every single one of these but maybe take our time on some of the food questions
2: i was gonna say you never we've never gone through a show that hit all hit anywhere near we are hitting
1: 20 we are hitting and i promise this show will not be two hours long you're so right. we're gonna keep it tight. I'm gonna keep Good it tight and focused. Here we go. First Good question comes from Michael Long who says, Hey Lou, we are planning a cruise for summer twenty seventeen with about 12 family members. <laughs> that is one way to test the, the, the limits of familial bonds. Anyway, can for, for we love can, and compassion <laughs> for your family members? Come on. Can we get our rooms all together? Are there any special group rates we might be able to get? And can we book a land and sea package all together for both a Bahamas Cruise and Walt Disney World? Becky Mankin, Miss Mankin, if you're nasty,
2: that is why I have you on the show. Yeah, that's actually a perfect question for me because leave it to you and you'd be like, yeah! Of course please. you can. Every, anything <laughs> is possible. <laughs> I will say right out out of the gate that the best way to travel is with a group, whether it's with your friends or your family. It's great when you go with your smaller family or, or your um spouse. But with a group, it's so much more fun, as we have found out with the numerous group cruises we've done. Having said that, with Disney Cruise Lines, it can be a little bit of a challenge because Disney no longer does traditional groups. So other cruise lines do offer discounts and benefits for eight or more cabins when you book them. At this time, Disney Cruise Line does not. So that's kind of the bad news. You're not going to get a special group rate through DCL at at this point. Um, However, you can get staterooms together depending on availability. You can get connecting, adjoining near each other or with some families nowhere near each other, (laughs) which uh, that's happened before. Um, So it is possible depending on availability. So You want to uh, make sure to book as early as you possibly can for the best availability if you do want to sail together. Um, And the other question was, oh, land and sea. You can book a land and sea combination through Disney Cruise Lines, but honestly we found sometimes it's better to book land separately so you can take advantage of any other package offers that might come out on land that's only applicable if you book through Walt Disney Travel Company or – through your your travel specialist that would use them as a, a supplier. You can still do your resort-to-port transfers. You just wouldn't have um, the connection of the one reservation through Disney Cruise Line. But again, you're probably going to save money that way. So while you can book Land and Sea through them, better option is to do the cruise separately, do the land separately, so you can always watch for those better deals.
1: Yeah, so I just want to quickly touch on the the special... Uh, group rate kind of thing, because I think what people say is, well, if I'm having 12 people together, you know, some other cruise lines offer like a free cabin if you book X amount of cabins um, yep. and you really can't do that here. There aren't. So I think the question I just want to make clear is that there are no discounts based on you booking six, 10, 12,
2: 18 cabins. Correct. And it used to be that Disney Cruise Line did offer those group rates. And so that that might be something where someone says, but I heard that they did. Well, they did at one time and it was about three or four years ago, maybe now, um, that they dropped all of their their group bookings um and the, the group offers so like you said other cruise lines do offer if you book eight cabins you can get a special discount and then you can get what they call a tour conductor credit or a tc credit based on the number of people that you have so somebody can go free in the group but disney cruise line just doesn't go there they um they have a um not a problem selling their their cruise cabins, so they kind of figure they have a rate that they're trying to get for their cabins. They don't need to discount it because they're going to be able to sell it anyway if it's a group or not a group. There you go. All
1: right, so let's keep on going so we can kit all
2: 20-ish. Uh, Amber Bramble, I just like
1: saying Amber Bramble, she's in the box every Wednesday, says, Hey, Lou, do you feel that Disney will have to invest in another private island with the addition of the new ships that are coming in 2021? Uh, If so, what, if any, things would you add that are not on at Castaway Key? This is a great question. Actually, recently we've heard rumors and rumblings that uh, an island known as Egg Island was on Disney's radar in terms of a second port destination. That did not go through, I think, certainly with the addition of, Of the new ships, they won't just want, but I think that they will need a second private island, maybe in that same area, maybe somewhere off a little bit, um, a little bit farther away from Castaway Key. That being said, I think it's a really interesting question to play Cruise Line Imagineer a little bit, because what, if any, things would you add that aren't on Castaway Key? You know, when I hear a question like this, Becky, I I try and you know, I keep <laughs> I keep rationalization and reason out of it because I think one thing that I've said for a long time that I would love to see, and I don't even know if this is legally possible via maritime law or whatever, but I would love to see <laughs> the ship dock on Castaway or the private island and stay there overnight. And what I, I envision is you get there in the morning, you spend the day Um, on the island you can come off get changed and then go back in the evenings to have dinner on the island maybe there's a uh, you know a beachside fire um, you know party or going on on the beach but some activities you you can do on the island whether it's dinner it's cocktails family you know time on the beach whatever Um, and then you spend the evening overnight at the island so you're still there for the next morning
2: I think there's been a lot of people that have dreamt that exact same perfect vacation. <laughs> because it would be cool. Of course, there's probably billions and billions of pages in on somebody's legal desk at Disney Legal saying all the reasons why you couldn't do something like that. But with the success of Cast Wiki, it's almost a given that they'd have to look at or that they'd want to look at uh, another island or another type of experience. But uh, I think for me... <laughs> That overnight thing is a really cool idea or being able to stay at longer so that you could enjoy the sunset on board – or sorry, on the island doing some sort of fire pit thing. That would be amazing. Right now, I'm going to shoot a little bit lower. I would just love to have an air-conditioned cabana. (laughs) I knew it. I was literally – I was waiting for you to say something
1: that I knew wasn't true because you're going to say, I want Becky's console.
2: Questions in? You had to go to because it's your... exactly what you just said. and you <laughs> sounded not. I <laughs> want an air-conditioned cabana
1: with the cabana boy. I that's see. <laughs> it's it's t- funny t- because it's true. <sighs> uh, listen, and, and and you know all some some joking aside. You know, look, there could be um, additional concierge level or higher end options available. I mean, imagine. We get people questions all the time from people say how do I make my cruise more special? I want to do something to propose. I want to give my parents an anniversary present. How neat would it be if you could have a private dinner for two or four or six on the beach somewhere? How, how um, amazing would that be? You know, candlelit. I mean, that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, lots of possibilities. And uh, it comes down to people are looking at that that uh, fifth and sixth ship coming out, would they need it? Yeah, again, they should be looking at it. But it also depends on where they are planning to send the two other ships. You never know if you'd actually need another private island in that area if they don't intend to have all the ships in the same area.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and listen, you know, we'll talk about the uh, the other ships as we start to get closer. But you know, as the ships get bigger and the 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 type and Quality of the activities that are on board, it it starts to lean me more towards, man, I don't even need to get off the ship. Um, Other than Castaway, other than the private island, I love staying on board. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm getting ahead because I think there's a question about that a little bit later on. Yeah. We've got to move forward. Uh, Michael Roberson says, what is the best family-friendly hotel to stay in the Cocoa Beach area a day or two before the cruise. So maybe they want to take a one-day trip to NASA or uh, the Space Center or a trip to the original Ron John Surf Shop, which is out in that area as well. So if they want to get in the night before, which makes a lot of sense, easy jaunt over from Cocoa to um, the port. Where is a good family-friendly hotel to stay in the area?
2: There's a lot of options in the area, and we're talking family-friendly. They have great packages, too. Uh, A lot of the hotels in the area area includes breakfast, or they have a snooze and cruise or park and cruise packages. So if you drive out there, you can leave the car, be shuttled back and forth to the cruise port. There's many different hotels. The ones that I tend to book more of are the Courtyard by Marriott. There's also a Radisson there. There's a Residence Inn, which I think is my favorite out of all the ones, if I can say a favorite. Uh, again, they include the breakfast. If you have a family, they've got the the larger rooms, so people can have a little bit of privacy. Uh, there's also a Comfort Inn and Suites as well that I have heard has good reviews. I've not seen that one personally. So there are. Of you a lot it. they don't have a concierge lounge. Plus, there's children in the <laughs> hotels. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Okay, you know, this is this is getting old, right? You do know that. It can't get old. Anyway, <laughs> huh? Nothing, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh,
1: uh,
2: I can't wait. I can't wait till I get there. I this can't is why we, we don't do them there. in person, so <laughs> you can't actually strangle me. You are not within striking distance. That That is probably the biggest frustration. So anyway, uh, for the record, I love children. <laughs> Believe me, I am, I'm going to take your 16 year old daughter. on her a thousand miles away. As long as they're birthday. a thousand miles
1: away and in a soundproof what? room, I love children. Please wow. come on. Come on. We got a lot of questions to go. Ducari up. Was, wait a minute. Who's You're going You're wasting the valuable wrong direction time? In
2: what? To, all right. Move on. <sighs> Tor- Tor- <laughs> Tori
1: <laughs> Hanauer says. What is the best way to get to Port Canaveral from Walt Disney World property? I'm wary of taking their shuttle because I don't want to get on the ship later in the day. It's only a three-day cruise, and I want to experience as much of the wonder and the wonder of the ship as possible. Uh, Tori, I think that is a very smart question because obviously Disney does have transportation from Walt Disney World, but you are certainly operating at their schedule, so... Other, Becky, just very quickly explain how the, the shuttle service works if you're staying on Walt Disney World property and then some other ways that you suggest stretch limo to the Port Canaveral.
2: <sighs> this is going to be a long day. It's We're on question four. Yeah, this is a really good question, and there are a lot of options. And the DCL bus is awesome. It It is a long trip. It's about 45 minutes to 50 minutes depending on traffic. Yeah. Um, you purchase the transfers ahead of time, and you'll get a letter when you first check in that tells you what time the bus transfer is going to be that takes you to the port. And by the way, you can also get that transfer back from the port back to a resort if you're going to do your resort stay at the end of your your trip. Um But they will take your luggage for you. They'll put that on the bus. You don't have to worry about a thing. You get on the bus. You watch a video to kind of make the time pass because the the trip is kind of a – it's kind of boring. (laughs) It's all flat. There's nothing to look at. So that that video does help. And the video also kind of explains what to expect when you arrive at the port as well so you're fully prepared for your check-in experience. If you – don't want to take the DCL bus where some people do like to get there for that full port experience where you get there at 11 o'clock in the morning along with half of the rest of the ship all trying to stand in line for the security ready for it to open Um, and then the character comes out when you're in the port there's a lot of fun that happens there in the port area so getting there a little early is kind of part of the experience but if you want to do that there are a couple of other options. There are several town car companies that are pretty reasonable considering it's a 45-minute to an hour trip getting out there. Um, You can also rent a car. There is a location for Alamo, Budget, and Avis to to turn the car back in and then take the shuttle from the car rental place to the port. However, it can be a lot of hassle and inconvenience for that. So... I tend to, and don't laugh, don't do not do that to me again, but I tend to recommend a town car company if you want to get there early and name the time you're going to get there. Otherwise, the DCL bus is a terrific experience.
1: Now, I mean, not for you, but for everybody else, it's a terrific experience. No, wow. I, <laughs> I will say, all kidding aside... I should get hazard pay for I, I will say, I all really, kidding aside, really getting a car, either whether you drive yourself or... Have a car service uh, take you out there. I do like that personally. And again, it's not because I don't like the bus experience. I think there's something fun about, you know, we all, when we're on our way to Disney World or the cruise line, I don't care if you're 8, 18, 48, or 80, you get that excited, nervous, jittery like smile and you can't wait to get there. And when you're surrounded by, other people that are equally as excited to get on board and the video is playing in the background and you're on the bus with the characters on the side like you get very excited that being said i'm also a crazy person admittedly so (laughs) i am the kind of guy i like getting to the airport very very early because you don't know what can happen you don't know what kind of delays can happen Mm-hmm. I'm the same way about the Disney cruise line. Granted, you, you will not be allowed into the port before a certain time, but I like to get there as I would rather get there and stand in line in the parking garage until they open up the doors rather than worry that, and it's, I've seen it happen before, there's an accident on the road heading right. towards the port and your bus gets delayed. So I would rather get there early and wait and meet some people and hang out and chat and spend time in the the, the port than run the risk of getting there later. And you're right. And and Mickey comes out and Minnie comes out and there's things to see and you can get snacks and sign your kids up for the kids club. And there's a lot of things you can get accomplished in there as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And you just actually made a really good point, though, for taking the DCL bus, which is if there is an accident along the way. Uh, I remember actually going to the port one day when there was a very large accident and it uh, stopped traffic for two or three hours going out to the port. And the DCL buses were the, – the, the cruise was held for the DCL buses to arrive. So if there is that delay and that problem, at least the cruise line knows that you're on your way and coming and they're going to hold the ship. Yeah, because they'll hold it, it for the bus, bus. They're not. They won't necessarily hold it for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So if you're right, you're driving your own car, or if you're in a in a town car, they may not hold it for you in that scenario. But on the DCL bus, they would. But there's another benefit too of going to the port day prior, so that you don't have those scenarios, and you can get there a little early. You can enjoy the um, the attractions that are around the port, and just take the shuttle right to the the cruise port.
1: Tori, I think that we've given you every different machination and option that you could possibly have in order to get <laughs> to the port. I agree with Becky. I would get to the night before or get there early uh, via your your own mode of transportation. That's just – it's a personal preference kind of thing. Um, hey,
2: and by the way, just want to say if it, is, way, if it is a special occasion, a limo is not a bad idea. Just saying. <laughs>
1: Every day is a special occasion with you, Becky. All right. Chloe Ferreira says, Hey Lou, how see do you, you make sh- complaining about that when How you travel. do you make the days leading up to your cruise shorter and your cruise last longer? Winky face smiley. No really, she says, in your opinion, what Caribbean port has the best snorkeling besides Castaway Key? And then she goes on to ask another question about when you first get on the ship. So Becky, this is interesting in terms of the snorkeling, and she said, besides Castaway Key, that mm-hmm. would have been my first suggestion. I've gone snorkeling on some of the islands over the the many years that I've gone, but I love Castaway Key because of the because of the ease of getting out there to snorkel. You don't have to go and take a, a jeep to get to a beach that's far away from the port. Um, there's obviously there are some surprises that you'll find as a snorkeler in castaway key that you won't find elsewhere we've talked about some of the uh the hidden treasures and literally hidden treasures under the water that you can find there but i know a lot of especially if you are an avid snorkeler a lot of the other islands have some pretty exquisite snorkeling excursions that you can go on Mm -hmm. uh, both for kids and adults too
2: yeah no I I agree with your uh assessment of Castaway Key but then again you also have to remember that what's traveling about it's experiencing other destinations and other locations as well so I do like uh cruising for that reason is to go and see these islands and see these tucked away places that you wouldn't necessarily see right cuz at St. Thomas or St. John you're probably not going to see Mickey um, on your snorkeling adventure <laughs> Under, underwater. But there are some places that are better snorkeling than others. And in the Caribbean, you really can't go wrong in a lot of places. But I've heard, and I, I am not a snorkeler myself, but um, over and over again, I hear that St. John, mm. which is an excursion that you can take off of the stop at St. Thomas, trunk is. Ba- I am- hear trunk Bay, a Trunk lot. Bay, yeah. Exactly, is absolutely amazing. One of the ones that comes up over and over and over again is Grand Cayman. Uh, it tends to, on the Western Caribbean, it tends to be uh, one of the places that snorkelers just thrive to. And Stingray City is a, is a big, busy place, but it's a beautiful excursion as well. Um, Cozumel is also a big snorkeling and or scuba diving if you're a, a scuba person. But I also love this idea. Have you ever snoobed You're getting a little
1: personal, don't you think?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, they have snuba, which is a cross of scuba diving and snorkeling without having to have all of the certifications that that, uh, scuba diving requires. But you do get to go into farther depths to see other things via snuba, which they put this big helmet on you and you, you snuba.
1: I, di- I haven't done it, but I dig the idea of looking like Dark Helmet and going underwater. Um, all right, I want to quickly get to the, to her other question because we still yeah. have like 17 more. What are the first things you do when you board the ship? And I think especially for first time. Right. Well, you obviously. Eat. Of course yeah. I do. Um, but I think this is a really, you know, this is a really important question, especially for first timers. Because you walk on the ship. They say your name. You see the atrium and you're like, now where do I go? Yes. A lot of people do go eat. I love going to Cabanas. That is my rite of passage. That's how I sort of treat myself and welcome myself on board. Like, hey, Lou, welcome back. Welcome to Cabanas. Um, But uh, this goes back to getting to the terminal early, you know, hopefully getting an, an early embarkation. Look, a lot of people, and this is why we always recommend you bring a day bag with you, not just with medications and sunscreen and things like that, but with Um, swim trunks and and with you know your bathing suit because the pools are open so you can go swimming and it's really neat to sort of be in the pool especially as you start to disembark from the port but I think more importantly I would utilize that time to take care of business and I mean making your spa appointments Um, if you have any questions about your dining rotations booking Paulo and or Remy and or Paulo and Remy Absolutely. Uh, Go to the Port Adventures desk and sign up for shore excursions. And I think an important thing to note here, too, is a lot of times if you find a shore excursion that may have shown up as being completely booked up and unavailable online go check at the Port Adventures desk because I have heard sometimes people will cancel, so they show up online, but they are advan- they are available once you get to the Port Adventures desk. So if you've booked something, you could modify it there. You can add anything in there. You can also find out if, uh, if there's cabanas that are opened or any excursions that may have been sold out. I think if you have kids, I would absolutely go and get your kids' wristbands for the kids' club right away. Also, if you are a first-time parenting cruiser, it's a great time for the adults to go into all of the different kids clubs, which are having sort of an open house, and see exactly what the experience is like. More importantly, I think it helps you transition transition your child into that experience as opposed to just like – dropping them off, peace out, kid, I'm going to Remy, see ya. You do. You are able to, to see what they're going to be doing, show them the, the fun that they're going to have, and I'm telling you, you're going to have a tough time getting them out. And I think, too, if you're a first-time cruiser, I, I would absolutely just spend time either wandering aimlessly, which to me is part of the fun, or taking a look at some of the maps or even grabbing a map and really kind of familiarize yourself with the lay of the land and where things are. Becky, like, I know where the bar is, but most of the people (laughs) want to find out where some of the other things are. Um, And I think that's why getting there early before the ship fills up and there's a lot of things starting to happen. um, That's a really nice time to just go and explore and then get into your room when it's ready.
2: You eat. I have an adult beverage. (laughs) It just works out that way. We all get our nourishment Exactly. Breakfast booze. Um, oh, gosh. So, gosh. <laughs> sorry. So I have a tip for this, though, because a lot of people forget. When you get to the port and you've got that, that time that you're waiting for the, uh, the the gangway to open so you can board the ship, take a look at the Navigator. Mm-hmm. Read the Navigator that they're going to hand you. And the navigator for, for new cruisers is the list of all the activities that's going on for that day. And take a look at the things that are going to open. Like what time are they going to open for Apollo and Remy shore excurs- or, or shore excursions? And where are those locations? Um, where, what time are these things going to happen? So you've got your Plan of attack when you get on board. It might be that you get on board at 11:45, but some of these desks don't even open till one or 1:30. So yeah, go have lunch. Uh, that way you can kind of get a good plan for what you're going to accomplish while you're on board, without wondering, "Hey, well, is it? Can I do this now?" or asking questions. It's all there in the navigator. Also, another tip. If you've waitlisted dining, for example, you wanted main dining, but uh, late dining was only available and they weren't able to switch you, there's a location for dining requests. When you get on board, check the navigator, get on board. You can go and ask if that request uh, has been or if they can move you. So that's another thing. A lot of people think, oh, well, I was only given main there's no, or late, and there's no way to get on main. That's another option to go and ask and see if any availability opened up. There you go. All right. We're going to go fast. We got a lot of questions to answer. <laughs> I know we're I guess, trying. It's a long time ago. Good luck with that, buddy.
1: Felicia Ann says Are there any cruises from New York City that have round trip return service? All the ones that I see take you to an island, but then you need to fly back to New York. They used to have weekend cruises from New York City to nowhere, right? And are they coming back? Felicia Ann, you're right. Actually, our double dip, uh, I'm sorry, our e ticket adventure this November does take us from New York. To Puerto Rico one way, and then you need to fly back to either New York or wherever your your home destination is from there. I do remember, Becky, that they did have some very short cruises to nowhere, two, three days cruises out of New York. I think that's some of the kind of the the turnaround times for the ships. Um, Do you think that they're coming back? And if so,
2: when? The answer is yes. Next question. No, sorry. (laughs) The answer is yes. They they do very limited. They might have two or three dates for these, but they do have a few scheduled for the fall in 2016 and for 2017 on the Magic, and they include a seven and eight nine sailing to the Bahamas and back. Believe it or not, with a stop at Castaway Key and Port Canaveral. In 2017, they also have a four five and seven night itinerary that includes uh the canadian route so nova scotia stop in maine and so forth so you have to find them you have to search for them they're not available all year like i said there's maybe two or three dates some of them only have one date like the one we're doing uh so you really kind of have to keep your eye out for them but they are out there to book
1: nice all right moving on uh vicky guppy says hey lou and becky I have a couple of questions.
2: Vicky would never On the put magic. A question on day 1 is it
1: okay to check out the Marvel area in the kids club when there's no kids in there? Uh yes, like I said before the kids clubs do have open house times on the first day. I believe on the second day early in the morning as well adults can go in and check them out. I will quick aside say that Uh, on some of the group cruises we've done we've been able to secure the kids club not early in the morning but late at night just the way Becky likes it when there's no kids left in the club and we take over and have our own sort of kids club parties those have been a blast and here's the more important from Vicky she says Paulo what do you like more brunch or dinner at, to right. me, this is I'm a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer gonna, for me.
2: Hold on. I'm going to that... st- take a step back. I'm sorry. But you're actually more happy about that after-hours thing so you don't have to, like, run through the children to get to the Marvel area. No. I like I having see... the kids there. They make me feel tall. To- I mean, some of them make me feel <laughs> tall. So, <laughs> All right. Moving on. So, yes. Paulo, brunch or dinner? Brunch or dinner? It's dinner? It's brunch. That's the toughest question. So no,
1: far. it's not. Here's why. Oh, because my. for brunch, right? You you ha, you don't even bother having breakfast, right? So you go in there and you're nice and hungry. You're you got your stretchy pants on, you're ready to rock and roll.
2: Missing and the you point get of, in there
1: because brunch really is like two meals in one. It, yeah. it they do have breakfast offerings and then you 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 sort of you sit, you digest a little bit, you you unbuckle the belt and then you go back up for lunch. I mean you could make brunch Pretty much an all-day affair. Like we've been there for hours. <laughs> no kidding, for brunches, and I
2: think it's the best of all worlds. Yeah, if you're doing it right, you start with your mimosa. Oh, exactly, love starting with mimosa, and then you have you order your breakfast. So they've got the frittata, or the eggs Benedict, Tata. or the eggs Florentine. All of those wonderful breakfast options. Well, you start with your appetizer, so you have to go to the spread of all of the the tuna oh the tuna is so awesome anyway you go and you get your appetizers you order breakfast breakfast is delivered you go back kind of an intermission right because you have to grab the sticky buns aren't those good I'm just saying, and then when you come back, then you have your chicken parm or whatever for lunch. And yeah, it's a it's a if you are doing it right, it's like a four an hour experience. That's the way to do it, without a doubt. <laughs> Palo for brunch. All right, all right. But dinner. Oh, hold on. Wait, hurry. Filet mignon, ravioli, the limoncello. Come on.
1: You yeah, I I do, and I dig it. But then when you're done with dinner, you want to go take a nap, like you're so full and sleepy. But if you do it, if you Feel that way after brunch. You go take a little nap, and then you wake up, and guess what? It's dinner time. Ah, chocolate. brunch, the best of all worlds. All right. All right. Chris (laughs) Toltzman Nap says, Lou, should we buy our Jedi robes for our Star Wars cruise in March? I've heard some people weren't very impressed by some of the previous Star Wars cruises. Any rumors of improvements for next year? First things first, I would absolutely buy and or make, excuse me, your Jedi robes, your Ewok costumes, your Rey, Finn, Poe, whatever costumes in advance. Um, I think they'll be less expensive. You'll have a much better selection. Remember, too, there's nothing really for adults on board. There's, And if there is, there's a very, very small selection. Um, so I would absolutely get your own, make your own, bring your own costumes uh, on board. In, in terms <laughs> of the people being not impressed, I think... You know, we've talked about we did the Star Wars cruise. I think we were on the second or third one. Uh, I think that you have to sort of know what to expect when you go. So go back and listen to our show where we review it and take a a very close look at what the days and evenings are going to be. So that your expectation level is at a certain um, at a certain degree. So I liked the Star Wars cruise. I thought, and I think what I liked most about the one that we did, Becky, was in addition to the stuff that Disney was doing and the characters that Disney had, I think a lot of the fun for me was watching the guests in costume, especially when you're inside in the atrium and there's the promenade. That being said, my understanding is that they are making some changes, some additions, and some, yes, I think improvements for some of the entertainment offerings uh, going forward for the cruises next year?
2: Well, yeah, they would have to because, first of all, Disney does take guest feedback extremely seriously. And when they did get a little bit of negative feedback on some of them, they did make adjustments as they were going. They want people to repeat. They want us to come back. So they would have to kind of change it up a little bit to make it a little more exciting, right? Hopefully. But I do want to make a quick comment on the Jedi robes because I had one. And although I I think we need to see what they would wear in the desert because those things were so warm. No wonder Kylo Ren was so grumpy. (laughs) If you're going to make robes, make them out of really, really thin material because out in the middle, even in February, March, April, when these cruises are going on, it can be extremely warm out there. And those costumes were pretty smoking hot.
1: Yeah, that's why I like the atrium because at least it was yeah. inside <laughs> and a lot more, uh, a lot more. But and, and listen, seeing the kids, I, I know you sort of looked away, so you hid your yes. eyes most of the time. But the kids in costumes and the adults
2: in look, some children. people brought
1: full stormtrooper regalia. They had their imperial
2: officer costumes on, so. I dig it. Was it. So, what was so cool is watching all of a sudden a stormtrooper would be behind you and they would just walk through the atrium at, at random times and random characters would be wandering around. It really was a fun day, but I do agree with you. I actually had more fun watching the guests who were dressing up than everything else going on. That was probably the number one thing of the entire cruise. You know, there was only one guy
1: dressed like Lendo Calrissian. Hello, what have we here? Uh, Don't I know it. All right, um, let's see. Uh, Karen Stoy says, hey, how do the private, uh, Becky, right up your alley. How do the private cabanas work on Castaway Key? Do you have them for the entire day? And can you order food and a cake for a party? I'll just sit back, relax, (laughs) and (laughs) let you take this one.
2: How do they work? Well, first of all, you got to get your hands on them. It, it's uh, They're very popular, so don't think that you're going to be able to just grab one that day that you get to Castaway Key because they do go quickly. Uh, they have three types on two different beaches. So they have a family beach where they have a, a standard cabana. They also now have a newer addition, which is the Grand Family Cabana on the family beach. And they also have some out at Serenity Bay. The Family Beach ones have a great view of the ship, easy access to food, easy access to the beach, and even a private section of the beach, which is really nice. They have a uh, – the, the starting rate – they're not cheap. They are spendy, but it's kind of worth it. The Family Beach one starts at 549 at the time of this recording uh, for six guests. But you can also add up to four more guests for fifty dollars each, so maximum ten in those family beach cabanas. The serenity bay is a little bit lower, it's adults only um, three ninety nine for up to four guests and maximum six people and then the grand family cabana on the beach is eight ninety nine for up to ten, and then you can add up to six for your, your Maximum of 16. The standard ones are about 325 square feet. They have a lot of wonderful little amenities that are stocked in there. You've got some chairs, refrigerator that's stocked with pop and water. Um, And yes, if It does have a little buzzer <laughs> if you want the cabana boy or girl to come and take your your beverage order for if you want an adult beverage. Uh, they have suntan lotion. Towels are provided. a safe to uh, lock away your valuables. But a lot of people don't know also is that it includes snorkeling gear on the family beach. It also includes bike rental and floats too, which are about a $49 value if you're getting those separately. Um, private catering in the cabana. I do know that you can – pre-order some like champagne, some of the, the standard um, uh, packages that are available off the ship. I'm not quite sure about food, uh, other types of food or cake for a party. I think that would have to be a separate catering issue. I haven't done one of those, so I'm not sh- quite sure, but I can certainly ask. And um, the biggest thing is if you want them... Get them fast. Get them as quick as you can. When you see them, come up. If one's available and if you want it, grab it. They're usually opened up to uh, the concierge guests first. And that's why they book up so quickly. So they are a great option for um, a family who wants a place that they can store their valuables, kick back, have some shade, um, and just enjoy the day on Castaway Key, And you get it for the entire day.
1: So you were kind enough to let us walk by and take a look into your cabana one time. I I understand the no touching rule and don't let the kids sit on the furniture, but they looked very nice, and you're right. The ones (laughs) you had the wristband for? Yeah, the one that you took the floaty
2: out for? Yeah. But that's, you're right,
1: and that's the nice thing is it's not just the covered area to sort of get out of the sun, but there is a refrigerator. There was a, a snack basket in there. The navigator's in there. There's towels. So you couldn't, you can get out of the sun. You can get... Alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks. There's a, a curtain, so if you do want to change, which is nice too, uh, and if the weather does get a little, you know, uh, rainy, which it doesn't do that often, you do have a covered area inside. So uh, I, I like the amenity. I think I think the amenities that come with it really make it a very nice option. And I think it's a nice uh, a treat for yourself or indulgence to do too, especially if, and look, if you, even if you're with another family and you've got three in yours and there's three in another, it's something that you can split with the second family as well.
2: Right, and the hammock. The hammock mm-hmm. is the best thing about the entire cabana. And it's, it's quiet like the ha- and the beach is sort of yeah. all yours, which is nice too. Yeah, and some of the best views, again, you're just yeah. kind of sitting there, and you can see the ship and see the people, and it's a lot of fun. I know you don't <laughs> like seeing the people, but all right, let's move on. Um, oh, wow. Let's see. Jim Orahoski <laughs> says, Lou, I know I the ships to, like, are huge. to pick up a baby and kiss huge. it just to, to show you that I do like children? But, move on.
1: I, but how much motion do you feel during a cruise? Jim, oh, I'm going to answer this very, very quickly for you, because I think for the most part, and this is not an absolute rule, I've been on a number of cruises before, and because of the size of the ships and the stabilizers, you don't really, there's a lot of times you would not even know that you're at sea. That being said, on some of the cruises when you do come back and you start heading towards port on that last evening, traditionally it is sometimes a little bit rougher, especially depending on the time of year, but uh, I have never really had an issue. I think if you are sensitive to the motion, you should choose maybe a cabin accordingly. So don't choose a high outside cabin. I would choose an interior cabin more towards the center of the ship. So you, if there is any motion, you don't feel uh, you know, the pitch and the yaw and the roll quite as much. But I will tell you, Becky, for the most part, like I said, you oftentimes don't even remember that you're at sea until you wake up and you're like, hey, we're at Castaway Key.
2: Yeah, everybody's different. Some people have no issues whatsoever. Some people feel even the slightest change will throw them for a loop. So it really does depend also on the itinerary and the weather at the time. Calm conditions, stabilization technology, as you mentioned, you barely feel a thing. However, if you are susceptible to motion, Pick your itinerary accordingly. And the number one easiest itinerary for someone who's susceptible to motion is Alaska. Because you are on the inside passage. You are land protected for most of the way. Typically, it's just the first night and the last night, which you might have to have experienced some of the outside locations. Um, But that is inside passage, uh, smooth water, smooth sailing, best one for anybody who has any issues. Avoid an Atlantic crossing in the fall. <laughs> I mean, it, it goes without saying to many people, but others may not realize it. But the last thing you'll want to do if you're susceptible to motion is come across the the Atlantic in the middle of October. So just pick accordingly. There is something there for everyone. And if you do, if you're not sure and you think that you're a little nervous about it and you don't want your entire vacation ruined, see your doctor before you go. Test the meds. They have all kinds of interesting things that don't put you to sleep anymore that will help you with motion sickness and will pretty much do away with it. Just have a good conversation with your doctor. They can prescribe something that will help you make sure that you enjoy your seven days at sea.
1: Come visit Dr. Becky. Have four sunken treasures and call me in the morning. You'll be fine. All right, moving on. You just to... love entertaining yourself with do. that, don't you? William do Bragg tell. says, Hey, Lou, what do you think would be a good or great name for the two new Disney Cruise Line ships being launched in 2021 <clears throat> excuse me, and 2023? I dig this question. I actually asked this back in March over on Facebook, and we had hundreds and hundreds of replies, everything from, the wish to the marvel to the Explore, the amaze the force the kingdom the walt and roy flotsam and jetsam <laughs> might not actually go. Uh, the imagination believe there was a lot of wishes a lot of imagines a lot of uh, a lot of stars in there. Becky, if you had to name the two
2: ships right now, what would you pick? <sighs> It funny. I kind of like the Marvel. That's kind of funny. But um, I, I think realistically Wish and Imagine would probably mm-hmm. be the two that would fit within the naming uh, scenario that they currently have going.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I'm quickly looking through, again, we had hundreds of comments on there as well. Some of them were, were uh, very, very creative. Some of them were very specific too. But I think Wish, as I quickly scroll through, the Wish imagination uh, I've seen Believe in there a few times as well. Caleb mm-hmm. Bo thinks they should be named the Lou and the Becky. Don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jason, I think this is a nod to the attraction, the Horizon. Um, would that be like
2: two pirate ships that could like go out of each other with cannons? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the Marvel, you know, look, it's a, it's a double meaning in term. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, you can certainly well, play off the... Uh, the Disney Marvel in, in there as well. So, But then uh, you like have it. to
2: do Force because you can't play one side against the other now.
1: There you go. So what I will do, though, is I'm going to put this link in the show notes and I'll post it again on Facebook. I would love to hear from you who's listening now what your suggestion would be for the t- two new Disney Cruise Line ships coming in 2021 and 2023. All right, let's bang through the last few questions. John Snurnek Sner- says... Do you know when the 2017 Halloween sailings are going to be?
2: Yeah, they always start in early September and they move through Halloween. So in 2016, they start as early as September 2nd. Wow. Oh, and by the way, the very merry time cruises, which start the, the Christmas season this year, those start on November 5th. There you go. It's, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Pretty right much. after the day after, the, <laughs> right after Halloween.
1: So.
2: <laughs> we have to and do one of those. We did, have did to do not... a Halloween cruise one year or maybe a, maybe a holiday cruise. Um, we kind we... of are because November 5th is our cruise. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch that. All right. Uh, I like lobbed it up so easy and you didn't eh,
1: move on. Greg and Greg, forgive me. I'm going to butcher your last name. On we're den. Uh, A-N-G-E-D- Greg. Greg, a. Right. Greg A says, uh, Becky, just sit back for this one. What are the best things to do with a two-year-old that doesn't involve dropping them off at the nursery? I would just <laughs> leave them home with grandma, grandpa. But um, Amber Bramble actually responded and says, hey, I'm, I have the same question and I'm also worried that we have a large aft balcony room. Is the plexiglass safe? Can they climb? Is there a high lock on balcony doors? So let's sort of, uh, let's sort of, I'll address Amber's and then go back. So in terms of the balcony rooms, um, the plexiglass is safe. Uh, obviously, look, if you have young children, you know, anything is climbable. You know, uh, my kids scaled the side of my house like they're Spider-Man when they were kids. That being said, understand, too, there are chairs and a small table out on the balcony. So I am the way overprotective father. I just don't don't let my kids out there without me, even now and probably till they're about 27. Uh, There is a high lock on the balcony doors, which I would always keep closed Mm -hmm. and I would always, always, always be out there um, with my kids at, at all times.
2: Yeah, um, to add to that really quickly, not just children, adults. Nobody should be climbing up on yeah. the side of that wall, that balcony. That's, you You hear about bad things happening and that's pretty much why. So safety, safety, safety. Yep.
1: Um, in terms of the best things to do with a two-year-old that don't involve dropping them off at the nursery, I think the nice thing is that, uh, is that A, the nursery is there. So you do have that option. I will tell you, the Disney Cruise Line is the very first place anywhere that I left my daughter with somebody else other than us. Like, I hate to tell my mom and dad that, but I left my kids, I left my daughter at the nursery <laughs> before I left them alone with my parents. Not that I don't love my parents. Not <laughs> I really learned provide. something today. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: actually good. Uh, but, it,
1: <laughs> but that is to evidence just how safe and comfortable I felt with them there. But the, there's a lot of, like, water play areas that are specifically designed for, little kids that parents can go into as well it's a it's it's not a pool area so sort of the the finding the nemo's reef area it's um a lot of little water spouts you know coming up from the ground or coming out from um some of the characters that are there it's very kid friendly and kid safe so you can go in there with them um I, i think even too um I know Becky. <laughs> Becky, what would you here? Here's a question: What would uh-huh. you do if somebody gave you their two year old so that they can go have a nice romantic dinner at Polo?
2: What would you do, other than dropping them off at the nursery? I would not drop them off at the nursery. Uh, character <laughs> visits are great for the two year olds. They've got tons of character visits, right? Someone the Mickey's. A child hold visit. on, the Mickey <laughs> Splash Zone is great right? for kids up on the deck, right? I'd but the biggest one because I know there's a prize at the end. I would enter them in the diaper dash. (laughs) That kid better be fast because I don't like to lose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Becky, it's not like playing the ponies. You don't you don't like put a number on the kid and and send them off. Oh, Come on, it's so much fun.
2: Great. What? All right. Um, did you forget I, about the diaper dash? You totally forgot about the I diaper did. dash. I did. My kids were
1: too young. My kids were too old um, by the time we took them. All right. So last few questions. Bob Gus says, are Paulo and Remy worth booking for a finicky eater? <laughs> I wonder I'm, if we're going to disagree. You're going dis- to We're going to disagree. I will say. I don't say, know. I, I don't think so. I think that Paulo has uh, a much more accessible menu than Remy probably does. I mean, I, I think a lot of the stuff on the Remy menu, you probably couldn't even pronounce from the, the French side of the menu. Um, <laughs> Which is probably a good thing. But in terms of Paulo, I think, especially if you go for brunch, um, there's not a lot there that is very scary, and also too they're all they're very accommodating with the menu. So if you see that there's chicken parmesan there, and you don't want parmesan on your chicken, I'm sure they will bring you out, you know, just a nice piece of chicken with whatever you want on top. So um, I think the menu is accessible. It's not scary, and I think they're I think you have a much more uh, possibility to uh, dial things back if need be at Palo than maybe you would at Remy.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll agree with that, and and you're right. I have that thought of Paulo, yes, 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 and more yes, because it can be pretty much scaled to, to anything that you need and can meet all dietary requirements. Remy, I thought you were going to go after me for being the finicky eater because you know that I tend to be a finicky eater, but I did really enjoy Remy, I will say that Remy dinner does allow you to pick from the two menus so that when you get in a point where there's something that might be a little questionable on the French side, you could bop over to the American side and pull something from there that you might feel more comfortable with uh, where you go for brunch. Last time I was there anyway, you really didn't have choices um, to that level. So if you do want to have that experience at Remy, I think that it's worth trying, if it's something that you're, um, if you're a real foodie and you like to enjoy some of these other experiences, but you have somebody that's with you, that's kind of on the fence, Remy dinner, I would recommend over anything else at Remy for that reason. Cause as a finicky eater myself, that's kind of where my comfort zone was. But if they're totally like, I don't, if I don't understand what that is, I don't want to eat it, then stick with Paulo.
1: Finicky Eater, <clears throat> you are the Sally Albright of Finicky Eaters. I am not the
2: eaters. Sally Albright. You
1: are, from Harry Met Sally. Oh, I, I am have not a salad, either. but I want the dressing on the side. But I don't want the blue cheese dressing if there's too much blue and not enough cheese. What I really do want is a sunken treasure, but not the way you think to make a sunken treasure. 15 minutes later, I'm still waiting to order. That's why I need to go for brunch, because by the time that you're done, uh, it's <sighs> lunchtime. All right. Um, Kelly now, on the Beck- Sunken Treasure, yes. There is a Zinouskis specific way says, a Sunken
2: Treasure needs to be Kelly made. Kelly
1: Beck Zinouskis says, Someday, I would love to try the Disney Cruise Line. I've never cruised before. Come My husband us. and son are both insulin-dependent diabetics. Mm-hmm. Is there anything special required when cruising in regard to traveling with vials and syringes and such? Also, do the ship's medical staff need to be made aware of the fact that there that there are diabetics on board. I think this is a really important, serious question, especially mm-hmm. for people that have pre-existing medical conditions or concerns.
2: Absolutely. Disney is great with special needs, dietary issues, medical needs. They are wonderful. Um, they have actually installed sharps containers now in all the staterooms. If you're missing one when you get on board, one will be provided on request. Not a problem. However, because you're at sea and there's medical staff on board. They do want to be notified uh, Any of the cruise lines that you ever sail with want to be notified of any medical needs at time of booking So that they're aware and prepared for anything that might occur or they're aware of your needs uh, That way they can also pass that information on to the chefs too so that they're prepared to um, to meet your needs from a um, a culinary standpoint so don't even hesitate to cruise uh, when you're diabetic. They have everything in place to take care of you. Um, I would say if you're traveling with your, um, with your syringes and such, make sure – it's hardly ever asked for, but sometimes you run into that scenario that you have the doctor's note that says that you can carry syringes um, – it's just that little safety thing so that you're not questioned on the side. It's, it's very rare it happens anymore, but still it's a good idea to carry it. But don't worry at all. Uh, when you book, at the time you book or if you book with a, a travel planner, they will take care of that information for you. It's passed on to the cruise line. Some of them require uh, you to fill out a form or have your doctor fill out a, f- a form so that the medical staff is fully aware of your condition.
1: Awesome. We gotta quickly bang through the last few questions. Justin Cohn says, Hey Lou, love the show. Been to Disney World a bunch, never on a cruise. Of the four ships, which is your favorite and what is the main difference in each one to get you choose your ship based on departure dates you're scheduled for? Thanks in advance. Justin, this is a, a longer answer for another wow. day, but I will this is tell an you entire show on this one. Yeah. I will tell you that I really fell in love. And, and look I love the dream. I, I love the fantasy. They are sister ships in terms of size and, and uh, the, the way they're laid out. But I really fell in love again with the magic. It is a smaller ship. Uh, it has been updated, so it feels like a new ship. But I like the size. I like the theming. I like the restaurants. I like the adults area. I like the kids area. Uh, there's And obviously, it just underwent uh, another, you know, additions and some changes in terms of bringing things, you know, some of the ships are getting, you know, Marvel and Star Wars in there. Um, I think my favorite ship is always the one that that I'm on last, but I think (laughs) if I had to choose one today, it would probably be the magic in terms of size, uh, amenities, um, the list goes on and on.
2: Yeah. And just very quickly, when you're talking about the size, the Magic and the Wonder are the same. They're they're sister ships. And they're for size-wise, they have about 875 staterooms on board. And they have this thing called gross registered tonnage. So you'll see the ship's tonnage that pops up every once in a while when you're researching different cruise ships. What that actually means, it's a measure of the space available for um, passengers, p- shops, restaurants, etc. And it's usually the basis for computing uh, dry docks, believe it or not. So they call it gross tonnage. So the gross tonnage on the Magic and the Wonder is 84,000. The Dream and the Fantasy, it's 130,000. So it tells you just how much bigger those ships are. Where again, Magic and Wonder, about 875 staterooms, the Dream and the Fantasy run about 1,250. So it is quite a bit larger and some of the other differences between them. The wonder was kind of retrofitted in 2011 for when it went to dry dock for Alaska. So they opened up one area in the top that you could have all these windows and sit back and have your coffee and enjoy the nature going by where the magic did not. It had a, But hopefully it's going to have something else eventually. Um, the dream, the fantasy. Their sister ships pretty much exactly like, for the exception of the bars, or tend to be themed differently. There's d- different areas that are themed differently, and sometimes there are different shows that are on the different uh, ships as well. So, a lot alike, but each one of them has its own charm and characteristic and feature, so that you have to go and do them all. Quit dodging like the, the question, woman. What's your favorite What's... ship? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Ah see, I was hoping I would answer that in my brain, but I can't. um i I tend to like the wonder by like no, the fantasy too. <laughs> I do too. Alaska, again, I no, love no, the no, that's not Alaska. the question. You oh, can't know. you
1: cannot make the itinerary dictate oh. the the answer <sighs> All things being considered, if the ships were sitting at a single port, side by side by side by side, you could only get on one, and they're all going to the same place,
2: which do you get on? You're always making it difficult for me. Um, I, all right, I would probably say the fantasy. If I had to choose right now, I would say the fantasy. I Because th- that's what I
1: thought you were going to say.
2: Yeah, but I know it's the magic for you. Because, oh my gosh, when they're, the aqua dunk. <laughs> I there, can't wait for that whole aqua dunk thing. You know that's what?
1: There's, be- there's so much that I like uh, about... The magic, um, and maybe, well. It's the Marvel area. I know. It's the Marvel. Even it's the size. There's something a little bit more intimate. Yeah, Yeah. there's something a little bit cozier. Because, look, you know, as the ships, and I mean this just in a general sense, as the ships get bigger, when they're full, they feel. I mean, it's they're full, and you feel it. But when the smaller ships are, you know, because obviously there's a lot less people in there, even though the space is smaller. I don't know. Um, there, there is something. I, I feel very comfortable on the Magic.
2: Well, what's interesting is the space to guest ratio is about the same between the two sizes, the the two types of of ships. And I do like, I, I do, I do like the the visit to. Old world cruising, you know, because the magic and the wonder really does kind of tip its hat to uh, way back when when crossing the um, the pond actually meant a a 10 day (laughs) excursion on a ship going from London to to New York. I kind of like that old world feel that you kind of have on board the magic and the wonder. But. I also am a big fan of the bells and whistles. I, I like all the amenities on board, the fantasy and the dream. Oh, I I, oh, I kind of like that Excuse too, me. yeah. But now that there's one on the wonder, I'm going to like that too. Um, or the magic. Bring back the mag- gates. Gate wow. Move from the rest I know. Of- I, I hated on. that gate. Chuck Zeta way. says
1: uh, – I'm moving on. <laughs> Chuck Zeta says, I'm going to just leave. Bring back the
2: gate. Can we get that on a T-shirt for Becky? <laughs> Uh, Chuck Zeta says, I didn't like the gate. For the record, I did not like the gate. You love the gate. Are there ever any solo cruisers
1: on the cruises you've been on? Absolutely. Specifically, on our group cruises, we always get a lot of solo cruisers because you're never really alone, right? You are with a group of friends, whether we have met yet or not. And you can spend as much time on your own as you like to. If you want to find somebody to share a cabin with, we often can can try and help make that happen. But I think cruising is one of those things, especially as a group, is you can go by yourself because you, like Disney World, I think even more so on the cruise, you could be as alone as you want to be. But if you don't want to... You can very easily, and they do a lot of things, uh, look, dining rotations by by themselves will help you meet um, additional people. But I think if you're thinking of going alone, and I don't mean to sound this as a plug for for our cruises, but I guess it is, I would love for you to come on one of our
2: cruises because you know you have built-in friends already right there. Yeah, absolutely. Going with a group is the best way to cruise when you're solo. And – there are those scenarios where the cost is a little higher. And this becomes confusing to people who who cruise for the very first time. They think, well, why is it twice for me? And it's only, if it's 800 for two people in a cabin, why is it 1400 for me by myself? It's because it's not priced per person. It's priced per cabin. And then if you have two people in it, it's divided by two. And that's why they get to the lower rate. So when you are buying a cabin on your own it's double the cruise fare but you only pay taxes and fees for one person because taxes and fees are based on per head not per stateroom if that makes sense Interestingly enough, a lot of the cruise lines now are moving to single staterooms, too, that are much more financially feasible. And I'm hoping that DCL for the next ships will kind of look at that and and realize that there's a lot of people who are solo cruisers that love Disney. And hopefully they'll start thinking about that. But the best way to cruise is with a group of people that you already have something in common with. And a Disney cruise is great because if you're on that ship, you probably love Disney.
1: And this was not intentional, but the person who could probably attest to that is his name is Stan Solo. He's been on cruises with us, he has gone solo. Um, and his question actually says, My only question is this When are we going back to Alaska? Yeah, also, hello. what time of year would we most likely go back? Early June, late June, July, August. For myself and my wife, we would prefer the off season when it's less expensive. Stan Solo. This is going to come to, to new this is news to you and probably to Becky too. I believe that we will be going back to Alaska in 2018. Becky wants to curse at me right now like <laughs> why are you are you insane man? I haven't but I think when we went I think early June was a really nice time because the weather was ideal it still felt a little bit like like it wasn't too, I, look if we went in the middle of the summer when it was 90 degrees it wouldn't feel like alaska it was a little cool it was sometimes misting and raining so it felt like alaska you know you're trying we're trying to sort of find that right balance between when the most people can go when it is most accessible financially school is always tough because some schools get out earlier than others here in florida My kids are out of school like the first couple of days in June, whereas maybe in the Northeast, they don't get out until much, much later in June. Um, So it's trying to find that right balance. But I think that when we went in early June was ideal.
2: And I'm with you. I'd go back today. If you said, let's let's go to Alaska next week, I would go to Alaska next week. (laughs) That's one of my very favorite cruise itineraries ever. And it's always a tough balance because – May and September, May to late August, early September, uh, those two, that's what they call shoulder season. Those are where you're going to always find the very best rates, but you're also going to find it raining one week and clear skies the next. So you never know what you're going to get on shoulder season. And Disney's n- totally into supply and demand. When the kids are out of school, it's a limited number of cabins limited number of sailings that they have in Alaska for them, and it's priced accordingly. So when they're out of school, the rates take a huge jump up. So I completely agree with you that that first couple of weeks in June is a nice sweet spot uh, because it is a good balance without being May or September. So hopefully we'll have to take a look at it when... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the rates come out, and apparently now we're going in 2018. Thanks for stealing the thunder from whatever um, announcement we could have and had. Clearly, you can tell we don't talk about this ahead of time.
1: All right, last couple of uh, last couple well, of I'm questions. After we hang up from this, um, let's see. Holly talked about the second private island. Yes, uh, we've talked about that earlier. Jolie Winkler, what is my favorite cruise itinerary? Have you done any of the European cruises? No, but I have an announcement to make. I'm kidding. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I have not yet. It is on my internal. I haven't just discussed with Becky yet. Radar, um, Jolie, my 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 favorite cruise itinerary. I, I normally would have said it doesn't matter to a certain degree because for me, the ship is the attraction. Castaway Key is my favorite island, but I will tell you that I've been on a, a number of cruises before. A, a bunch in the Eastern and Western Caribbean before there is something very very special about alaska um it was the such a, a memorable cruise the just destination like becky, right. there really is the star um the ship was almost secondary and and it's surprising for me to to say that but that's why becky just said she'd go back to alaska in a heartbeat so in terms, it's obviously very different. You're not, you know, you're obviously not snorkeling and scuba diving and taking out jet skis. But um, it is, an, it's an amazing itinerary, and it it's so unique. Um, it really makes you appreciate, and not to sort of wax poetic, but it makes you appreciate just how small we are on this giant, incredibly beautiful, spectacular marble that we live on.
2: It is stunning and people say kind of crazy because of course it's not a hundred degrees and you're not out sunbathing but the trade-off is in these experiences you have with nature and the wildlife it's amazing i mean if think back close your eyes and remember that glacier day and where we were just sitting there floating in front of the glacier and hearing the creaking of the ice and it, it's it's you mean the ice on amazing. the glacier not the ice in your glass that would be, be correct okay. all right totally clear now I've done European cruises. Find they're a great sampling of different locations and cultures. Where you stop in Italy, and then you stop in Greece, and then you stop in Spain, and you stop in France, and you get one day. So there's nothing like going to Rome, spending one day in Rome, and getting back on your ship. Um, I, I found that it's great to discover where you want to return for a longer vacation on on land. For example. When my husband and I decided to do the med cruise, we thought, Italy, we're going to fall in love with Italy. We had one or two days in Italy, and we found it it was intriguing, but we needed to go back to to experience more, which is why we did the Adventures by Disney. But we came back off that med cruise and went, oh, my gosh, the south of France. We want to go back and spend a week in the south of France. And if we had not done that, we wouldn't have had that discovery. So – I think that a European cruise is wonderful for those discoveries. Spend some time pre and post on land because the cruise itself is, is like I said, just those little tasers of different locations, but to do Europe, right. You identify the places you're going to be drawn to and then do a land vacation to really immerse yourself in the culture.
1: Yeah. And so maybe that's a a way to wrap things up here is if you've cruised before on the Disney cruise line, What's your favorite ship? What's your favorite itinerary? Better yet, where would you like to go with us? Where would you like to see us go in the future? Is it back to Alaska? Does the destination matter? Is it just about the ship? I would love your feedback because we always try and accommodate as many uh, uh, requests and thoughts as possible to make it as attractive as we can for as many people. And if you've never cruised before, is has this maybe hopefully helped you change your opinion a little bit about maybe taking a cruise. And if you have other questions that we haven't answered here, by all means, please email me, Lou, at www.radio.com or continue to post them over on facebook.com slash www.radio. I'll ask Miss Mankin if she's nasty, if she'll go over and watch the page and help answer there as well. And of course, as long as you're on the Facebook page, Or the Twitter or the interwebs, please go and visit mousefantravel.com. They will not only help you answer any questions that you might have about cruising world or land, but they will uh, be more than happy to to help you avail yourself of their wonderful personal fee-free services as well.
2: Yeah, and my team have all cruised Disney Cruise Line, so they've had first-hand experiences. They can help you with a lot of these tips and tricks and help identify the best sailing, the best ship, the best itinerary, the best possible scenario for the best vacation.
1: Top 10 cocktails on the Disney Cruise Line. Oh my gosh, we have to do that. (laughs) You only have one. It's the Becky Special.
2: No, well, they've got the daily ones now, so we, we'll have to do that. Oh, we could review the daily drink specials. Oh my goodness. I'm in. Anyway, I, um, I have to work on the Lou voice between now and then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well,
1: Becky Menken, thank you so much <laughs> for joining me today. Thank you, the listeners. Hopefully, Hazard if you have pay. not been on a cruise before, or you'll think about joining us either this November, next June, on the the Double Dip and Castaway Key. Take Alaska out of the equation. I'll go back answer that question again. The double dip in Castaway Key. That's why we're doing it because that is my favorite cruise itinerary. That's why the day that it was announced, about an hour and a half later, we had the page up getting ready to do it because I woke up Becky and said we're doing the double dip. So uh, other yeah, than Alaska, it's
2: like those five a.m. texts. Thanks, I appreciate
1: that. Yeah, get a sales page ready. We're we're hard. We're, doing, we're going on a cruise. We're going to. Um, we're going to. Castaway, double dip a Castaway key. I love it.
2: I dig it. That's it's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. Where is my
1: cabana boy?
2: <sighs> I have to work on the Lou voice. If anybody has suggestions for the Lou voice, please to the voicemail for <laughs> me.
1: time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email or our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week we were talking about how so many shows and attractions in Walt Disney World are very closely tied to or influenced by uh, Disney movies, Disney TV shows, and oftentimes, most times, they open after that movie or show debuts in cinemas or on TV. But there are some that actually open right around the same time or in last week's case, before the film actually opens in theaters. And that was your question to tell me what attraction in Walt Disney World debuted a few months before the film it was based on actually opened in theaters. Now, first, let me thank the thousands of you that entered this week. Most of you got this one correct. I there was a few entries where people were talking about Dinosaur in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Wright Park, not the correct attraction. Dinosaur actually opened as Countdown to Extinction in April 1998, but it changed its name, not necessarily the attraction, to Dinosaur after the movie came out. So that's not the answer I was looking for. The correct answer is actually, it's tough to be a bug. That 4D show was based on the Disney Pixar A Bug Life film. The attraction opened on April twenty second, 1998. That was seven months before the actual film debuted in theaters in November of 1998. Now, a few of you also said the Country Bears or Haunted Mansion. Remember, those attractions debuted ...before the film that it was actually based on... ...so it wasn't really what we were looking for... ...that being said, I took all the correct entries... ...randomly selected one... ...again, you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money... ...for not Walt Disney World book... ...all seven of my virtual audio tours of the park... ...a WW Radio Magic Band cover... ...a set of WW Radio stickers... And the new WDW Radio Hot and Cold Travel Mug, which is not available on stores. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week's winner is Jacqueline Velasquez. So Jacqueline, congratulations. You used the online form, so I have your address. I will get your package out to you right away. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week's question may not be simple, but it is pretty straightforward, because all you need to do is tell me, where in Walt Disney World can you find Salmon Island? It sounds like nirvana to many people, and it's salmon like the fish, Salmon Island. Where in Walt Disney World can you find it? You have until Sunday, August 14th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Better yet, use the form over at www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Enter using the form right there. Put your shipping address in there. And if you win the prize, I will be able to get it out to you right away. Again, you're playing for the audio tours, the book, the cover, the stickers, and why not another travel mug. So good luck and have fun. that's going to do it for this week's show thanks so much for taking the time to tune in and spend and share some of your time with me i do understand how valuable your time is and i am grateful for the fact that you are spending some of it with me a couple of quick announcements before we go this week first i want to thank also thank some new members of the ww radio nation family so many new members signed up in july i want to thank jordan lively patricia jandris eric bankert David Wittenberg and Dylan and Madison Bulls. I sincerely sincerely appreciate you and if you want to help the show and also like those guys get some cool exclusive rewards every month including scavenger hunts access to our secret Facebook group personalized magic band covers logo gear backpacks shirts and monthly care packages from Walt Disney World live group video calls and more you can visit wdwradiocom slash support. Again, completely optional, but also remember that a portion of your proceeds will go to help the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Also, don't forget that The Purge Part 2 is going on, and what I mean is that I have once again decided to purge a lot of my Disney collection that has been sitting in boxes in storage for not just months, but years. I wanted to share it with you. So hopefully it'll go to people and places that will enjoy and appreciate it. So if you visit www.radio.com slash eBay, new auctions start and end every Sunday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. I have everything from documents to cast member materials, uh, souvenir books, maps, attraction scripts, a lot of very cool, very rare collectibles. Again, new auctions every Sunday, www.radio.com slash eBay. Quickly, some of the many ways we can connect with each other. You can subscribe to the WW Radio newsletter. Got some cool, exclusive things coming out every week in that. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Lumangelo, facebook.com slash WW Radio, and I'm at Lumangelo on Instagram and Pinterest. Also, please join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDWRadioLive.com. I do a live video broadcast and interactive chat with you where you can ask me anything about Disney or my business. We play 20 questions. I often have contests. It's a great way for us to have a real-time chat together, talk a little bit of Disney, and uh, just spend some time with friends. Again, you can visit WDWRadioLive.com. Or better yet, just make sure you like the WDW Radio page on Facebook at Facebook.com slash, you guessed it, WDW Radio. Of course, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing, my friends, beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I have monthly meetups every month in Walt Disney World. Our next one's going to be fun and special. It is going to be Saturday August 27th from 2 to 4 p.m. We're going to head on over to the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Hotel because they are uh, having their sand weekends, their sand sculpture classes, demonstrations, food, music, food, food, and more. You do not need to be staying at the resort, although they have great rates for the weekend. We will meet outdoor, outside by the pe- beach and pool area, uh, exact location to be determined. Also, later on this year, we have our e-ticket adventure our November 4th cruise on the Magic from New York to Puerto Rico and just this past week I announced and opened up ticket sales for our kickoff event in New York City now you do not need to be coming on the cruise in order to join us on our event the event is going to be on Friday November 4th at H.B. Burger on 127 West 43rd Street from 6 to 8 p.m. it's a great way to get together meet, eat we have a lot of fun activities and some surprises of course Anyone and everyone is welcome, so come alone or bring the entire family. Tickets are very limited. First-come, 1st first serve phases. we are about three-quarters of the way sold out as of when I'm recording this. So if you're interested in coming, I suggest you get your tickets sooner rather than later because, again, it is a limited capacity venue and we are about three-quarters of the way sold out. You can visit the events page by visiting www.radio.com, clicking on events, or just go to facebook.com slash www.radio and clicking on the events tab there. We also have our double dip. If you can't come on our cruise this November, please, June 25th through 30th, 2017, five nights on the Disney Dream, double dip in Castaway Key. There's also a lot of other events coming up very, very soon, including other meetups, not necessarily in Disney, but on the road as I travel to speak at schools and conferences. I try and do meetups when I can uh, to find out more about where I'll be and to possibly book me to speak at your conference, to your business or to your school. Visit Lumangelo.com. Thanks again to Becky, my official and recommended travel provider. You heard all the reasons why and all the benefits of booking with them, including it's a fee-free travel service her agents will give you the best possible prices more importantly incredible service visit them at mousefantravel.com and as always my friends and you are my friend whether we have met yet or not all I ask is that if you like the show please help spread the word let others know about it tweet out that you're listening share links to this week or your favorite episode with your friends or in your favorite groups over on Facebook and if you can take 30 seconds head on over to iTunes rate and review the show there. Thanks to you. We have more than 1200 five-star reviews. I appreciate them and you so much. I want to thank some recent reviewers like WDW Bobbin who said, this is the best travel podcast by far. It's the only one I truly enjoy. No matter what the topic is, it's well-made it's informative, it's educational and he loves the live reviews because he feels like you're listening to family and friends because we are, even if we haven't met yet. Um, Thagbone says, Great podcast. The enthusiasm is contagious. Loves the fact that it brings some Disney magic into his everyday life. I also want to thank Jim Meek 55 And Amara says, This is the next best thing to being in the park. Again, search for WW Radio and iTunes, or just go to www.radio.com slash iTunes for a direct link and instructions on how to leave a review. Finally, most importantly uh, I have to say thank you again Uh, I don't think that you know just how much it means to me the fact that you are listening and listening all the way to this part of the show Um, you are the reason why I do this and I hope that it does bring you a little bit of magic a little bit of happiness each and every week I love what I do because thanks to you I get to do what I love and That, I think, is the only way to go and do great work. So if you haven't found that thing yet, keep looking uh, and keep moving forward and don't ever, ever settle. Thank you so, so very much this week. Hope to see you next week and Wednesday night on the live show. So until next time, see ya.
0: Hey, Lou. uh, This is Steve calling from Beverly, Massachusetts. Uh, Listened to the show this week. Loved it. I've been listening since about January now, but I've gone back in the archives. Um, I would have to say that my favorite view, uh, other than all the ones that you and Tim listed off, uh, would probably be the view on the Sasagula River, um, coming around just past the, the practice putting green at Lake Buena Vista Golf Course, passing the little dock there at Saratoga when you first see downtown disney um i i stayed as a kid at old key west frequently and that was always a sign of a a nice nice night out Uh, i'll be down there in january for my girlfriend and my birthday both were actually happening um two days apart from each other in january over the marathon weekend um, we're staying at saratoga springs two nights and then um at the DVC studios at the polynesian um, and I, I can't wait to take her. She hasn't been with me yet. Um, she went when she was a kid. I uh, can't wait to take her up to Sassagool at Old Key West, maybe it at Olivia's, and then um, back the other way uh, to downtown Disney. It's I think that is one of, uh, for the original DVC members, um, that boat ride from Old Key West, uh, rounding the bend there um, is, is pretty special, especially after maybe a, a long day in the park, got a chance to swim, rest up, uh, that was always a good one. So you have to go to work. I'll uh, I'll try to yep. leave more comments. And uh, I think you and Tim are kind of the perfect match together. Um, and I also have to say, uh, after your review of the boathouse, uh, that is now on my bucket list, uh, which I will check off quickly as soon as we get down there. Um, and there are just a lot of other things uh, that I'm looking forward to because of the show that I, I haven't thought of before. Um, So keep up the good work. Again, this is Steve uh, from Beverly, Massachusetts. And if you're running the marathon again or the half marathon or taking part in that that weekend, um, good luck. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Kevin. Just want to say great show. Uh, Me and my wife are headed down on August the 10th to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. My wife, Carrie, and I uh, will be married 25 years on the 10th. We will be staying at the Contemporary and having dinner that night at victorian albert's the queen victoria room so she will probably be hearing this on our trip down so happy anniversary carrie i love you and thanks for a great 25 years hey lou this is rosalie calling
3: from south jersey i'm calling to tell you my favorite view of walt disney world and that is no doubt the view from on top of the swiss family robinson treehouse in the magic kingdom um, my favorite memory there is definitely the morning after I got engaged at Wishes, uh, breakfast at the Crystal Palace, and then climbing up the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse for a morning view of the Magic Kingdom. Have a great day. Good morning, Lou This is Darlene Maggie from West Seneca, New York. Good morning, WDW box people, WDW Facebook friends, WDW cruising friends. We are now 95 days away from our e-ticket adventure. I'm so excited. I'm almost um, 18 days away from my uh, WDW vacation with the family, that's going to be so, oh my gosh, those kids are going to be so excited when they find out they're going to Disney in 18 days. Then my daughter gets married in
0: um,
3: almost two months. I'm just so excited. It's just so, so much going on this summer that it's, it's just almost so um, epic, just everything that's happening. I'm going to see all my friends and all my family. I got family coming in from out of town. It's just going to be amazing and to everybody down in Walt Disney World um, in just a couple weeks. Oh my goodness gracious. I just can't wait. I hope you all have a fabulous wonderful day. Um, and stay positive like Lou always says. And Lou I really want to eat at Columbia Harbor House now and have a lobster roll or chicken pot pie. Bye. you got a friend.
0: And I, you and I, oh how happy we'll be So be my guest, you got nothing to lose Won't you let me take you on a secret your votes.
2: You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. If you listen this far, thank you so much.
1: Not sure what you're expecting to hear. An audio clip? Maybe some sort of little bonus? What if I just told you October 15th and 16th? Save the date. I'm working on something that just might interest you and get you to come to Walt Disney World. Stay tuned.